0: Hello and welcome to My Chaotic Mind, the podcast dealing with the everyday difficulties of balancing adult life and eating disorder recovery. My name is Kaz and I shall be your host in this little corner of the podcasting world. It's important to mention I have no background or training in medicine, nutrition or psychology, I simply have my own very many years of lived experience. That said, if you're sitting comfortably, it's time to come with me through the looking glass. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. Whatever time it is that you're listening to this, I'm thankful that my rant in the last episode around the subject of New Year and diet culture hasn't put you off. Today, I'm going to be discussing another somewhat seasonal but far less controversial topic. In this episode, I will be discussing my compulsive exercise and some aspects to do with restrictive eating, I'll do my best to keep the specifics vague, but there are times when I will need to go into slightly more detail. Please consider this a trigger warning and whether or not you should continue listening to this episode. When I talk about sickness and illness today, I'm referring to physical illnesses such as short term infections or injuries which are not life changingly serious. I feel it's important to state this from the outset as much of what I say may not be applicable to more serious or long-term conditions. Certainly in Britain the colder weather of the winter months encourages the spread of illnesses. Colds are rife and I don't know about you but I seem to be much more unwell with them since I hit my 20s than I ever was as a child. I tell myself that It's just a cold, as I make headway into my second box of tissues, head thumping, throat scratching, and my brain feeling as though it lacks the capacity to do anything more than the most basic of functions. A prime example of dismissing my cold as nothing, I should be able to carry on as normal. I think that, as a society, we're conditioned to think this way. The figurative British stiff upper lip now becoming a reality for many since the advent of Botox. I have spent the majority of my working life in the retail sector, something I fell into by accident. There is a strong work ethic within this area and you're expected to drag yourself into work unless you are quite literally dying. I can only speak from my own experience. But when I've been off sick, I've had to endure daily phone calls to ask when I will be returning to work. As someone with an eating disorder, this made me extremely anxious, not to mention feeling guilty. Yes, I actually felt guilty for being unwell. And this made me scared to go out or use social media in case I was accused of pulling a sickie. Something which, for the record, I've never done. It saddens me that many people, eating disordered or not, feel guilty for being unwell, whether physically or mentally. It isn't wrong to be ill. I would argue that people who stay off work are doing the right thing. It reduces the chances of passing things on to colleagues, thus resulting in more absences. It's a pity many companies do not take this view instead seeming to care only about staffing numbers. The work-life balance in the UK is, for the most part, hugely weighted in favour of work. There is a stoicism to British society in general. We just have to get on with things. I know every member of my family has a tendency to try to ignore the inconvenience of illness and to try to plough on regardless. Of course, there are people who will phone in sick when they just fancy a day off. Ironically, they are unlikely to give it a second thought, whilst those who are genuine may be dreading making the call to say they won't be in, agonising over the fact that they have let their team, their manager, their company down. No matter how nice the person answering the phone to me was, I always felt like I wasn't believed when I called in sick that probably had more to do with my own paranoia than anything else. When you have an eating disorder, it's very much like having that oppressive boss constantly on your back, always pushing you. Even when you're unwell, it's relentless. That's why, in today's episode, I want to talk about coping with a physical illness when you have an eating disorder. As always... I can only speak from my own experiences, and some of what I say may strike a chord, whilst other parts just may not be relevant. But hopefully you will find at least one little nugget of usefulness. Eating disorders affect us all differently. In my case, the first thing to take a hit was my immune system – Within a very short time of the onset of my restrictive behaviours, my neutrophils dropped to levels usually associated with people undergoing chemotherapy. This had no symptoms and was only picked up by blood tests. Were I to have become unwell, there was the potential for things to go very badly, very quickly – If I ever developed a temperature, I was told to seek medical assistance without delay, due to the risk of sepsis, which can be fatal. Thankfully, other than the very occasional cold and a few migraines, I managed not to catch anything during this period. My weakened immune system was actually the one thing that convinced me to go into hospital in March of 2020, Just days before the first UK lockdown, I was genuinely afraid that if I caught COVID, I would die. And I know my parents shared that fear. And when I talk about going into hospital, I mean to receive treatment for my eating disorder. And the period of time for which my immune system was that compromised We're talking years here, not just, you know, a few months. Most of the last decade. I managed to dodge COVID for two years. Then, in the summer of 2022, it finally got me. And I have to say, I did feel a slight sense of disappointment because by that stage of the pandemic, there were not a lot of people I knew who had not yet had COVID and I'd managed to stave it off, but I finally succumbed. When it did get me, I was up to date with my vaccinations and my neutrophils were back within normal levels. I had been in my recovery for a good year or two by that stage. If I hadn't been, then who knows what the outcome might have been. Because despite this, I still felt very unwell. In terms of my eating disorder, as I said, I was in recovery, but still engaging in many behaviors. One of these was compulsive exercise. Every day, without fail, I had to complete a certain quota of exercise. Suddenly, here I was, not able to leave my flat. All right. Technically, by this point, there was no legal requirement to stay indoors, but I felt it would have been irresponsible to go out. I've already said that all episodes of my podcast come with a potential trigger warning. But in this episode, I am going to be discussing in more detail than I ever have my compulsive exercise and the restrictive behaviours I've used to compensate when I cannot fulfil this. I feel it's necessary to do this in order to fully explain my mindset and to openly talk about this subject of coping with being physically ill on top of being mentally ill. As ever, I will try to steer clear of anything too specific, such as telling you exactly what exercise or how much, things like that. But if this could be detrimental to you, it may be best to come back for the next episode and give this one a miss. Prior to this, physical illness was, to me, simply an obstacle to be pushed through. The bully in my head would scream at me constantly for being so lazy and tell me to suck it up and get on with it. This time, it was different. I suppose I could have gone out before dawn or after dusk when the streets would be quieter, but from a personal safety aspect, it wouldn't have been a sensible decision. It wasn't simply my sense of responsibility to not infect others which kept me from going out and exercising. In the past, I could have found ways to work around the need to go outside. It's simply that I really did not feel well enough. When I caught Covid, it didn't affect my sense of taste or smell. I didn't have a cough and had no shortness of breath. What I did have was a raging sore throat, a constant headache, aching muscles and bone deep fatigue. Trying to get myself up first thing in the morning or to keep myself awake until after dark would have been an extremely difficult task. For the first time since I relapsed, I found myself actually listening to my body. But believe me. This did not come easily to me. Now, rationally, I know that one day or even one week without my usual exercise routine will have no lasting impact on my weight. Even professional athletes have time off. Without rest days, the body has no time to recover from the stress and impact of exercise This can result in fatigue, not to mention injuries. You don't have to be doing high-impact forms of exercise in order to sustain injuries if you are over-exercising. Almost every day, without fail, I have exercised ridiculous amounts. I have gone out in high winds, torrential rain and ankle deep snow. I have tiptoed along icy pavements and tramped through mud. This was not fun. I felt I had no choice and dragged myself out in all weathers to try to pacify the voice in my head. My anorexia tells me that without this exercise, I cannot eat. This doesn't mean that if I don't exercise, I don't eat and I will be coming back to this. If you are someone who also struggles with compulsive exercise, it will come as no surprise that on days where I was physically unwell, the drive to exercise did not diminish. So many times I have tried to force myself to exercise, having to give up quickly because of how much worse it made me feel. I'm not just talking about illnesses in this episode. I've also sustained injuries from too much walking. I've had aching hips an aching back and knee pain. My calf muscles have felt like they are burning. My foot ended up hurting so badly that I had to have an x-ray to check there wasn't a fracture. There wasn't, but the fact that it was considered a possibility should have been a warning sign. Oh, and uh, how did I get to and from this x-ray appointment? I walked, of course. As my body ages, its ability to recover is becoming less. It, It just takes longer. I hurt more often and I don't bounce back like I used to. I should add here that my tendency to push through injuries isn't unique to my eating disorder. During my four years of full recovery, I took up dancing. Whilst doing this, I pulled an intercostal muscle. Those are the ones in between your ribs that help you to breathe. I refused to rest and ended up tearing it. You can't completely rest an intercostal muscle Because, as I said, you have to breathe. It was very painful for a very long time. I also had repetitive strain injury in both of my wrists and both of my knees. And these problems were with me for a long time. If I had rested, then I might not have torn that muscle and... Oh my goodness, the pain was just excruciating. I'd like to say I've learned my lesson, but I suppose only time will tell. Logically, I know that if I am ill or injured, in most cases, rest is what my body needs to recover. This doesn't mean I need to languish in bed all day, but just take things easier, not engage in forms of exercise, strenuous or not, which I know are ultimately going to leave me feeling worse physically and burn up resources that my body could be using to fight whatever it needs to or repair whatever it needs to. The issue for me is that doing this leaves me feeling so much worse mentally. If I can't or don't do my exercise, I start to get agitated and twitchy. Even now, this is a part of my recovery I still battle almost daily. Rationally, I know that not resting means my body may take longer to recover or even become worse. It's really difficult to listen to and believe this rational voice when I've had the eating disorder dictating to me for the majority of my life and I have obeyed it without question. When we're physically unwell, we need to listen to our bodies. If you feel sore or tired or like you need to spend the day prone on the sofa, it's because you do If you don't listen to these cues, you risk making yourself worse and at the very least it's going to take longer to recover. I should add here, I'm not referring to ailments which may require certain physio exercises and the like. And this brings me to my second issue which I touched on earlier and that is eating enough when I'm ill. Certain illnesses can affect appetite and we may not have the desire to eat. It would be so easy to skip meals or cut back, especially if I'm more sedentary than normal. My eating disorder will use the fact that I'm not exercising to justify why I should consume less. Whilst I have these thoughts, I ensure that I go against them. I eat what I'm meant to eat, even if it takes me four hours to eat a yoghurt because I have to keep going and lying down or because I feel so sick. If you have an illness where you cannot keep food down, it's important to try to ensure you at least get some fluids. If you can't drink, then an ice lolly or ice cubes that can be sucked slowly can be a good alternative. Three or four times a year, I get migraines and sometimes I don't catch them on time and I end up being really sick. I have to force myself to try to sip fluids. Living alone, I really do have to try to take care of myself. I've got nobody to bring me water or food or to check I'm taking medication or ask how I'm feeling. Whilst my parents do live fairly close by, it's not the same as having somebody actually living with me. I have nobody to reassure me that it's okay to rest or okay to eat, so I have to reassure myself. Our bodies need fuel in order to fight an illness or to repair any damage. If we don't provide the right fuel or enough of it, then it's going to take far longer to recover. If I'm lying in bed all day or on the sofa it can be extremely difficult to believe that I'm allowed quote unquote to eat. I know my body needs extra fuel in order to fight an illness but it's as if I'm not actively burning calories through movement then I find it hard to justify eating. In my head or at least the anorexic part Calories must be burnt in order to be consumed. I know this is ridiculous. I am going to use what is probably a terrible analogy here, but imagine you have a damp patch on your ceiling. You can ignore it, in which case you risk it getting worse, or you can take immediate steps to solve the issue. If it does start to get worse, you can try to repair it with insufficient or inadequate materials This may slow down the rate at which it develops, but it will not fix it properly. I suspect I picked this particular comparison as I've had my fair share of leaks from the flat above. Imagine the leak is a physical illness, and by ignoring that leak, you are trying to push through and behave as if you were not unwell. The insufficient or inadequate materials to fix the leak are... A lack of proper or adequate nourishment and rest. Just as a leak not properly taken care of could potentially result in a serious disaster such as a collapsed ceiling, an illness not properly taken care of could develop into something more serious and with potentially long-lasting consequences. When it comes to long Covid I am smack bang in the highest risk group for developing it. I've also had post-viral fatigue twice in my life and that really did leave me fatigued and struggling for months. In both cases, it was hard to justify being off work because post-viral fatigue is quite a vague diagnosis and there is no cure as such. Just rest, self-care and time. Whilst I was able to return to work, I had to be on reduced hours for a significant period of time. This was largely due to pressure I felt to get back up to my full hours as quickly as possible. And all this did was exacerbate my post-viral fatigue symptoms and extend the duration for which I was affected. I was lucky. I didn't develop long covid I knew I was at risk and this played a major factor in my efforts to override the eating disorder and its demands. I can't pretend I was entirely successful, but I did manage to both rest and eat more often, more regularly and more nutritiously than I might have otherwise done. I'm not saying I brought the post-viral fatigue on myself. I'm not a medic and have no knowledge of how all this works. But both times when I had it, I had tried to push through my viral illnesses. I didn't rest. I restricted, binged and purged. I was terrified that taking two or three weeks off from these behaviours would result in massive weight gain. And that prospect was utterly terrifying. Because of this, I ended up exhausted for months and unable to engage in my usual levels of exercise when I had post-viral fatigue, it seriously impacted on my life. I could barely socialise because I literally kept falling asleep. I could battle through work, but then I was too drained to do anything else. With hindsight, that was so much worse than taking a few weeks to give my body what it needed would have been. you living with an eating disorder. There are plenty of times where... Life just feels overwhelming. And then if you become physically unwell on top of this, it all just gets way too much to cope with. Another issue that may arise is that of medication. There were times when I was scared to take it in case it was going to dramatically increase my weight and body size. At other times, I was reluctant to take it because I felt I deserved to suffer. This was not a sensible decision and one coming very much from an unhealthy place. There's absolutely nothing wrong with taking medication which may help us to feel better. If a doctor has prescribed something, then it's particularly important to follow their instructions if you do have a weakened immune system. I appreciate that it's all very well for me to say we should rest, listen to our bodies and give them what they need. But in practice, it's just not that easy. I'm a single person living alone. I have to go out for food and medication. Nobody else is going to do it for me. Perhaps you have kids or someone else to look after. Maybe there's a pet that needs your attention or a job you cannot afford to lose. I think it's a fine balance we need to strike. And certainly, the current British attitude towards sickness and work could, in my opinion really do with being overhauled just before christmas i managed to catch a cold for the past few years it's taken me between two and three weeks to fully recover because i haven't rested and i've dragged myself out in all weathers this time i recovered within about a week this was partly due to the fact that my immune system is no longer compromised Also, the fact that I had several days where I didn't need to leave my flat. So, I chose not to. I ate. I rested. I stayed warm. This really hit home for me how much difference can be made simply by listening to my body instead of trying to insist that I know better. I hope that if you are unfortunate to find yourself struck down with anything, perhaps you can listen back to this episode and it will help you to fight any eating disordered thoughts and remind you that we all go through periods where we need to rest and to just stop. And please, don't invalidate how unwell you may feel or dismiss your illness as being nothing, like I did earlier, as I mentioned, when I talked about having just a cold. If you're at all worried, or things are dragging on longer than they should, please seek medical advice. It's what GPs are there for. Take each day at a time. Prioritising your physical recovery in the short term is far more beneficial than prioritising your eating disorder. And if you're the friend, loved one or family member of someone who's struggling with an eating disorder, it's worth bearing in mind that when that person does develop a physical illness, it may affect them much more than it would affect you and take them much longer to recover than somebody who is at full health. Most of the people I've met who have eating disorders really struggle to admit when they're feeling ill. So if somebody in your life has an eating disorder and they tell you they feel unwell, then it means they really do feel unwell. It can be extremely difficult for people with eating disorders to even admit that we feel unwell and It's really important not to dismiss it if somebody does tell you. They're not feeling up to something. Whilst you yourself might be able to push through and attend a social occasion or an event that's been planned for quite some time, it just might not be possible for the person with the eating disorder to do that. Their body is not going to be as resilient And you don't have to be severely underweight to have your physical health impacted by your eating disorder. Anorexia is not the only eating disorder out there. There are so many and they affect everybody in multiple different ways. All you can do is try your best to look after yourself in whatever ways you can. Thank you for listening to this episode of my chaotic mind if you have enjoyed it it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a moment to rate review and share it with your friends it's the only way to let the world know this podcast exists if you want to get in touch you can find me on instagram at edpodcast or you can send an email to edpodcast at gmail. Dot com. I do hope that you will join me for the next episode, but until then, take care. Bye.